Look at my butt. Show number 302 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. Well, listeners, hello. Here we are. Hello. It's, it's your favorite podcast again. And <laughs> um, we're back after some trials and tribulations, not tribulations, <laughs> and just sort of various things happening. But we're here. And um, oh, we've got news to talk about and some bill stuff. And uh, we have a, a request for information from you guys if you can possibly supply it. Yes. So do we, we want to do that now or do it later? Oh, let's let's do it later. Um, let's, okay. let's do some newsy stuff. So the first thing that, of course, we needed to talk about, and we're not going to spend too much time because this has been well covered in other places, is oh, that yeah. Nichelle, Nichelle Nichols passed away. And it was not unexpected. She hadn't been in good health for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really, really sad. Um, you know, people post that meme that's like an image of everybody on the bridge. And oh, they yeah. like white out the people who have passed away and it's really fucking depressing when you see how many people have died and you know she's the most recent one so that was really sad the other obnoxious one when one of the trek people passes is the one of the the trek people in heaven who have already passed welcoming the latest one Mm -hmm. it's like is there an initiation you know do they go to a special part of heaven that's just for Star Trek people? Do they? I don't know, to- but you know what I'm really glad about? In all the stuff I read, you know, post- people posting about her history or when they'd m- met her or, mm-hmm. you know, just whatever, nobody said, I grieve with thee. Oh. And that used to be a thing, you know, mm, when it totally was Trek people yeah. and Trek fans. And it was like, oh, my God, I just hate those canned little phrases that are supposed to mean something. It, and certainly I had too much love and respect for Nichelle to, you know, I don't know that I posted anything personally about it, but, mm-hmm. you know, I felt it deeply. And I remember the last time we saw her at a con, she seemed so fragile, she did. I it's remember like that. A, a good wind could blow her away, you know. Yeah, but... I think that was at Silicon Valley Comic Con, right? The last time we went. I think it might have been. Yeah, and and she, you know, she was in good spirits, but yes, she definitely seemed really fragile, and mm-hmm. um, you know, she seemed like Bill to really enjoy being out there and meeting fans. Like yep. she really thrived on connecting with people and talking with with them and and just getting that love that pours out of people when mm-hmm. they carry on i'm so glad she got to experience so much of that and there were wonderful articles i saw all over the place recognizing her as a pioneer in so many ways right that yes. she was a black woman on tv and and as whoopi goldberg said who wasn't a maid mm-hmm. um, and that she did so much work for NASA by recruiting minorities into the NASA program and mm-hmm. just being, you know, the outspoken person that she was. And that was all, you know, just reflecting on the incredible life that she had. Really, really amazing. Um, yeah, I think she took her her Star Trek experience and fame and parlayed that into a, a, a paying it forward sort of thing, you know, yeah. with, with NASA and, you know, all the people she met. I never felt it was like really a celebrity. Yeah, here's your autograph next, you know, no, with her. never, never. I was thinking about, you know, the time that we saw her speak recently and then we'd seen her at another con maybe 
10 years ago. I mean, we've been to a lot of cons in our day. Yeah. But there was one where um, she had a table and there was a line of people waiting to talk to her and we yes, weren't going to wait. This. But we got very close just by sort of passing by, probably like four mm-hmm. or five feet away. And we weren't cutting I, anybody off, though. Not taking cuts. We were just walking past and she was chatting very animatedly with someone. And I was just struck by how gorgeous she was in person. Oh. Like breathtakingly beautiful and she had this amazing aura around her like you just knew that you were in the presence of someone who was kind and gracious and giving like I don't know some people just Mm -hmm. give that off I know I don't I'm like the opposite of that but (laughs) just you know I just wanted to like stand there for a second and sort of bask in her and you could see all the people that were talking to her were just like their mouths were hanging open and they were like oh my god it's her but yeah you know I I don't want to put too much emphasis on her physical beauty but you know even as an older woman she was incredibly beautiful just i know and uh several of the articles i i read you know had posted pictures that were fairly recent and you could see she was still beautiful yeah amazing just an amazing woman so Mm -hmm. we're very and she lived a very full life we're sad that you know she was going through i don't know alzheimer's dementia and Mm -hmm. You know, all that fighting over her, well, the real fight over her estate probably begins now. But um, she she lived a really good life. And yep. I think she, for the most part, did exactly what she wanted to do. I think so, too. Um, I was very pleased that on the H&I channel, they, they did a whole week of Uhura-centric yes. episodes, which yes. was really nice. And mm-hmm. I was just saying before we got into recording, I was watching uh, Charlie X the other night, and it was I think the first episode where they let her sing and it was so delightful. She's so like in that episode, she's, she's just such a joy and so mm-hmm. so magnetic. That's the word I'm looking for. You know, you could tell the other actors were really into watching her sing mm-hmm. and perform. And, and, and it's so funny that that episode had so much of the um, Spock Uhura interaction, mm-hmm. which they did for a little while in the first season. And then they sort of let it go. And it's, it's kind of too bad that they did that because they really did have amazing chemistry together. Yes. And she and Nimoy became very, very good friends. Yeah. And, and yeah, you could tell. And yeah. I'm I'm sad that they, they didn't pursue that. Although people like Wildcat, um, of course, took that and ran with it and made oh, some yes, wonderful, yes. wonderful stories about it. But yep, it was good. Oh, and I, I did want to mention that um, at, right after she had passed away, um, they had put out publicly a clip from... Um, is it from Charlie X? I can't even remember where she's asking, Uhura is asking Spock to teach her how to play the Vulcan lyre, which they filmed, but wasn't included in the actual mm-hmm. episode. And that was available as a, like a bootleg thing that you'd see at oh, cons really? and stuff. Yeah. But it's on YouTube now. Um, I will try oh, to find the link and put it in there. Cool. So, um, yeah, it looks pretty good. They did a little restoration so it doesn't look quite mm-hmm. so shitty and faded. But yep, it's it's nice to see more flirting. Always enjoy yeah. Uhura yes. flirting with Spock. Yes, while we're just doing announcements, which is basically <laughs> this, um, I don't know if you, if uh, our listeners are aware, if I said anything, but um, our podcasting dog Jack passed away mm-hmm. in May, and he lived a very long, very happy life, and he passed very peacefully. Mm-hmm. And now we have a new podcasting we dog. Do yes, and um, she is. It's a she. Mm-hmm. That's her pronoun, and uh, 
her um she's a beagle four years old very sweet very affectionate and uh her name is georgie girl mm-hmm. now tell them what you call her i call her empress georgie because that <laughs> should be her name in my opinion every now and then i'll call her empress just because you know, <laughs> i don't think it really matters that much to her but anyway so it's wonderful i cannot wait to meet her and i hope that she's able to go on adventures with us because jack came on so many star trek related <sighs> adventures oh my god went places and did things and all of that he was a big part of it and he was of course present for many physically for many podcasts that we did <laughs> yes so, and he was a, he was good he wasn't yes. you know, being a pest and no, so good. anyway you know we're 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 tootling along. We're we're fully staffed now again, <laughs> and not it's many good. places can say that. <laughs> this is true. Well, not many places have openings for podcasting dogs, and it took you a while to find the right employees. So oh my good. god! And and I have to tell the listeners, you know, it's so hard to adopt a dog right now, even though there's tons of them. But um, you have to have references, like you're adopting a child, mm-hmm. and so I want to thank you. the beautiful reference you wrote for me and I don't think I told you this but I told my family that when I when I die (laughs) if they decide to have a a memorial or a celebration of life or you know whatever I want that read out loud and the (laughs) other thing I want read out loud because there's only two things that talk about how wonderful (laughs) I am is the thank you note my six-year-old niece wrote to me uh when I had her for an overnight. Mm -hmm. Those those capture the real me. Well, that's amazing. Uh, I know you hadn't told me that, so that that comes as a surprise. Um, And basically, when I had to give the other reference on the phone, I just read what I read before. I was like, oh, this is fine. I'll just say this thing. I'm glad it paid off. That's good. It certainly did. certainly did. Okay, on to Uh our... Trek news? Star Trek news. So uh, it, this is uh, somewhat after the fact, but as most people probably know, San Diego Comic-Con was last month and there was loads and loads of stuff that happened. Many things were announced. They had a huge Star Trek panel in uh, Hall H where they talked about all the different shows and what's going on and lots of the cast were there. Uh, so relevant for our, for our interests are, um, as we've talked about before, Lower Decks is starting really soon, like in a week. So that's tremendously exciting. There is a new Lower Decks trailer that, you know, kind of hits on the highlights of what's going to be happening this season. I was particularly happy to see that they're going to be visiting Deep Space Nine, which Mm -hmm. I never thought that would happen. Like, you know, when we had been talking in previous shows, like, oh, who else could they have on the show? It never crossed my mind that they'd actually go to Deep Space Nine. So that's incredible. And Mike McMahon hinted that there would be some people coming back to do voices. So that's amazing. I'm just so happy. Um, but even more interesting than that was the very surprise announcement that there's going to be a Lower Decks crossover episode with Strange New Worlds. I know. And I I mean, we talked about this a little bit the other day, but how, how are they going to do this? I mean... I thought it was How are they be gonna like do this? all animated, do you know, animated versions of, of the Strange New Worlds people. Uh-huh. And, but then I read something that totally confused me, which made it sound like, well, the Strange New Worlds people will be real, real life, you know, filmed. Mm-hmm. And 
the people who do the voices of the animated people are going to play the animated people in the film version. And then I read something that sort of implied it was going to be like half and half where they'll be on screen together, but it'll be real people with animated people. So I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it could be anything, right? It could be it could be real people going into animation. It could be animated mm-hmm. people coming into the real world. It could be a mix of both. It could be a, you know, Gene Kelly dancing with Jerry the Mouse. Yeah. It could be anything in between. Like, I don't know what they could do. I was wondering if they were going to try to do something really insane, um, like that one Simpsons episode where um, – Oh, what was it? Homer was on trial or something, or it was maybe a Treehouse of Horror where they suddenly were in a 3D world. All yes. the Simpsons characters. That was freaky as hell, but it was mm-hmm. awesome at the same time. Yep. So maybe it'll be something like that. I you don't know what know. I'm thinking is this would be a great adventure for these Strange New Worlds people. <gasps> yes. That they encounter some space anomaly that turns them into cartoons or even has them remain themselves but puts them in this cartoon world and they have to work with the other crew to you know get back where they belong yeah it could be like the mirror universe Um, it has to be time travel, of course, because Strange New Worlds is way before when Lower Decks is supposed to be happening. So yes, how were yes. they even going to get there? I mean, I it's, think it, it, yeah. <laughs> or, you know, idea maybe the they're anomaly. just going to yeah. wake up one day and go with it and never explain to us why it happened, except they wanted to do this. <laughs> this is also extremely possible. So anything, it could be any old thing that happens. Mm-hmm. But I'm just so excited that they're taking our two favorite things and putting them together like a Reese's peanut butter cup it just you know <laughs> it works it works it's incredible I'm I so can't happy. wait to see that and and Strange New Worlds does start this week yes the new season I am on so the 25th excited. yeah <gasps> it's gonna yes. be good I know I'm so excited ah so that was awesome um one of the other things that they did was to show the trailer for Picard and they did not give too much away about what's going to happen. But the trailer was nice because it showed all the actors in their makeup and costume. And mm-hmm. as we've talked about so many times with the original series, how nice it is to show everybody at their ages, right? Like mm-hmm. they're not trying to make them seem younger than they are. You know, we all know that that Patrick Stewart is a little old man now and everybody else is quite a bit older and they've got gray hair and wrinkled faces and all the rest of it and I'm so glad that they're acknowledging that and mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to try to make everybody into action heroes even you know Jonathan Frakes it's going to be them as older people and that's yeah. awesome I hope Jonathan Frakes is directing it he's directing the Lower Deck Strange New Worlds crossover oh okay well that's good <laughs> so that's amazing yes and I do yes. hope yes that he will he will direct most of Picard because he's such a good guy so um, that's going to be great. I'm happy about Picard. Whenever it ends up coming back, I don't even know when the next mm-hmm. season of that starts, but that's fine. Now, there's been a lot in the news about how incredibly well um, Strange New Worlds is doing and is loved yes. by new fans and old fans. And yes. this is Star Trek. This is the Star Trek we wanted back, you know. Um, and what was interesting was one of the articles was about I don't know where the fans were that they asked, probably at a con, which is your favorite Trek series? <laughs> and um, Strange New Worlds was by large, large margin, the absolute best. Wow, that's great. 
Um, Picard was like down at the bottom. I see why. I yeah. mean, there's reasons for that. You know, I think if they'd had better control over the the arc of the series for two, mm-hmm. it would have been higher. But you know, it started off so good, and then they kind of lost the thread halfway through it. Yeah. Also, um, lower decks was quite a bit below um, Strange New Worlds, mm-hmm. like almost at the. Why is this being renewed? And I was sort of like, that's one that I just couldn't wrap my head around because it's so much fun. Yeah, I, I can see, I can see that it's not for everybody because yeah, it, well, nothing's for everybody. Yeah, but it's <laughs> you know, it's pure comedy. It's really fast, which I think oh, may yes. be off-putting for people, you know, who who want it like the pace just to be a little bit slower. It took me mm-hmm. a while to get used to how fast paced the thing was going to be. And oh, I have to have the subtitles on. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. And like a lot of times you got to watch it again just to catch everything that's happening. So perhaps that puts some people off. And then there are people who just will not watch animation because, you know, they don't like it. So it doesn't matter mm-hmm. that it's Star Trek. They're just not going to watch it. Right. Well, there was another poll over which was the best series. Mm-hmm. You will be glad to know that TOS is still the best. Well, yes. I mean, yes, it is. It, that's you know, objectively or, or favorite, true. You know, whatever. But um, yes. But, you know, every now and then there's one of those Picard versus Kirk. And sometimes yeah. Kirk wins and sometimes Picard wins. And no matter who wins, it's a chance to, you know, slam Kirk. But um, I was just really glad to see TOS won that. Yes. <laughs> as, it, as it should be. Um. I, so uh, I was going to mention this. It's just a little news item, which is that um, Bill was at Ticonderoga mm-hmm. in uh, July, and he's going to be back there in November. So apparently he loves it. <laughs> he's just going to keep going back, loves being with the fans, loves doing the thing. And more and more Trek cast members are doing it now, too. So mm-hmm. this weekend that we're recording, um, Gates McFadden is there, and there are some other folks. And she posted a selfie that she took with um a mannequin of kirk that they have mm-hmm. it, is, it is the worst kirk that i've oh, seen no. it doesn't look like him at all i mean talk about a kirk not kirk they have this at ticonderoga why couldn't they find something better yeah everything's wrong about his face and his hair is wrong and weirdly it is I don't know what the body of the mannequin is, but he looks really kind of buff underneath mm-hmm. the, the mannequin, which is not really the, the I mean, under his shirt, under his uniform, mm-hmm. which is not canon compliant. I mean, you know, Bill was good, but he didn't look like he had great big chest muscles. And you can see his, his little erect mannequin nipples also, which is, <laughs> is, is it cold there? What What is happening? Well, you remember the whole huge debate about the movie where the Batman oh, had yes. nipples. It had rubber nipples. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like that. I was just like, why am I able to see this mannequin's nipples? Like, what kind of mannequin is this? <laughs> um, did you hear that Elvis Kirk, who, who built and runs this thing, <laughs> is now doing one for um, TNG? I heard that he was doing it, and I also heard that he had some help from the Okudas in doing it. Yes, yes. Which is great. I mean, talk about mm-hmm. authenticness. It's going to be really? good. So, yeah, yeah, good for him. I, I 
totally give props to that guy for turning <laughs> a weird hobby, making these fan films, into a going concern and getting all these people to come and do these tours and all the rest of it. And now he's expanding into other series. Like, that's, well, that's amazing. And when they said, when they shut down the fan films, you know, and would, would sue your ass off. And so he had this thing. It's like practically useless. It's like, you know, you get lemonades or you get lemons, you make lemonade. Yeah. You know, he turned it into this, which is, I think, much more of an ongoing thing that, you totally. know, brings in money, more money than the fan films would have, I think. I totally agree. It's only too bad that it's in fucking Ticonderoga, you know? <laughs> no. If only it was somewhere else. <laughs> or, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, um, good. That's all really good. Um, let's see. I don't think I have any other notes for newsy things. Um, we did want to talk about Comic-Con because Bill did a long-ish panel at Comic-Con, but I think we'll do that in the second half. So let's close the first half by asking people to help find information about the 3D models. Yes. Now, if you, if, listeners, if you remember, for one of the cons that was coming up and that has passed months ago, yes, Bill was announcing and the con was announcing that you could sign up to have a 3D model, life-size, I think, yes. made of yourself with Bill. Mm -hmm. And it cost like $2,000. Yeah, it was really expensive. And the part of this was this company, you know, Bill is involved with where you make something like this for your heirs, you know, or whatever they want these for. But anyway, then suddenly you never heard about it. And when the con went by, there was no reporting on how this went. So we don't know if it happened I doubt it did, but what exactly was the reason it was pulled? So the site, the company is called Minikin, which is spelled M-I-N-I-K-I-N, like mannequin, but with eyes. And if you go to the website and you look at the section on Shatner, it's the same as it was back in March or April before that con happened. So there's no new information um, it just tells you what it's going to be like. You can buy your ticket, everything else like that. Wow. Google doesn't seem to turn up any other new information about it. You'd think if they'd done it, somebody would have posted like on a fan page. And if they'd gotten the thing, you'd see pictures of it all over the place, right? Like people would be posting that shit on Instagram all the time. And that kind of tells me that Minikins probably went out of business. Mm. And just, you know, left that going because they had prepaid for the server or something for the full year. Oh, my God. Well, and that didn't, would didn't post any updated information. Yeah, that would pretty much suck. Well, who knows? Maybe we'll get to see something eventually. But it sure would be nice if they would update things because they didn't. And, and people want to know, especially when it's Bill, because... Well, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but Bill gets involved with some um, unusual companies. Yes. <laughs> I think in many ways he's still in that say yes mode yes, that he I was agree. when he did, you know, total crap pictures like Kingdom of the Spiders uh -huh. and One Ride Little Girl, which, you know, I thank the powers that be that that was made because oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just precious. <laughs> and I... I really do think in the back of Bill's mind somewhere, there is something saying, as long as you have a job, you can't die. He, he just can't stop. And, mm -hmm. I, you know, I don't know who his management is, who, and 
I guess I should say, he's got management. That's clear. It's not clear how much he listens to his management, I think, right. is the issue. You know, it's sort of like trying to manage the Beatles or something. Like, you're going to tell them, this is a really stupid idea. And they're just going to go, we don't care. We'll do whatever we want to. And I think that that's Bill right. feels the same way. Yes. Well, you know what else they might be thinking? Okay, he's William Shatner. And amazingly enough, at 91, he is still a fairly hot property yes profitable so let's just let him do anything he wants and get him to do as much of it as he wants so that we can keep it in i think you're probably right about that so well that's fine he gets to do things and it seems to make him pretty damn happy so let's let's just let him do it okay let's take a little break and then we're going to come back and talk about comic-con and his his trip into almost space (laughs) okay Space, a final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission, to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Listeners, we would love to hear from you. Send us email at lookathisbutt at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook and leave us a comment. Tell us your Trek news. So, space. Space. <laughs> Almost space. Talk about almost space. Almost space. The almost final frontier. (laughs) Uh, I want to talk about an article that was in something called The Province. And I'm trying to find out where the, I think it's British Columbia is where it's from. And the headline is William Shatner on why he wept after space trip and the meaning of Kirk's final words. Now, this is actually a pretty, uh, interesting interview. And one of the things that's most interesting in the link that Lena will be posting and that I use to read it is in the middle of it, there's um, a film of him talking in the interview. And it's, and there's much more there than there is in the written part. Mm-hmm. So you really want to see that. But um, it's, it's kind of interesting. The, the, the person, a guy says, um, so what do you tell people when they ask you what, what is space like, you know, now that you've mm-hmm. gone up there? And he says his short answer is empty. And then they go on and he said, but do you want the, the actual longer answer? And the guy says, yes. And so, you know, Bill talks about it. And um, a lot of it was the stuff we heard, you know, about seeing the blue Mm-hmm. And then the black and the emptiness and all that went through him. And when he got home, got back, you know, and was there with Bezos and everything, he, he started weeping as he was trying to describe this experience. Mm-hmm. And then later when he was, you know, like on his own trying to process the whole thing. And it took him several days, even weeks mm. to feel like he really had a handle on it. But he realized what he was going through was grief Mm -hmm. because we are killing the earth Mm -hmm. and it's so unique and we are so unique here on it. We are the only beings we know of 
that can be aware of this mm-hmm. and we're still killing it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's just uh, the only the only thing there is to say about that. Um, and he asked him about, you know, Kirk's dying words of, oh my, and I found this very interesting. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to read this part of it, of Bill's answer, but, mm-hmm. uh, so it's, it's kind of long, but I think it's worth it. As you get older, as I'm sure you can imagine, you think of death, it becomes more and more present. So when this character was dying, I thought, how do you die? I've heard of people weeping. My father was incapacitated. He had had a stroke and he had tears in his eyes. And I wondered quite often what he was crying about. Mm-hmm. Was he crying about leaving? I loved him very much and he loved me. Was he weeping because of me and leaving this world? So I thought, how would Captain Kirk die? Kirk, who has faced death so often, I thought he would look at death approaching with the same awe and wonder that he looked at these strange beings that he faced in the years I played him. I wanted him to look at death as something filled with the awe and wonder that he looked at the universe. So the oh my was supposed to be a wow. And what came out had an element of dread. And I didn't want that. I didn't play it exactly the way I wanted to, which was, oh my, the gorgeousness of death. What's going to happen? That's the way I feel about it. That's the way I want to feel about it. I don't want to feel fear, but I'm afraid I feel fear. I will agree with his estimation of the way that that line came across in the movie. I didn't get any of that stuff. <laughs> no, to me, it almost read like, oops. You know? <laughs> yes, it very much read like an oops. Like, oh, shit. This, oh, yeah, know? and the, the way he wanted to wanted it to come across is is very different and I think would have been wonderful. I completely agree. I, go on. I want to come back to that in a second, but No, finish. Go ahead. Well, I was thinking and and you will get this and other people who have seen Hamilton will get this, but at the very end of Hamilton, right? After uh-huh. she's finished singing the song uh-huh. about her legacy and history and who tells your story. Yes. And it's implied that she's dying there, right? Like that's the end of her life. And she sort of looks up into the sky and she gasps really mm-hmm. loudly. And then the play's over. That moment to me is what he was trying to do. Right. Like you can interpret mm-hmm. that gasp from her in a lot of different ways is like she's reunited with her husband or she's not, or she's seeing the future or she's not, or she's just experiencing her own mortality. But there's a wonder and an, mm-hmm. like an overwhelming emotion to it that you get. Like I've seen it three times now and I felt that all three times. And I think you probably did too, all the times yeah. that you've seen it. And I think that's what he was going for. Like mm-hmm. just this, this human being being overwhelmed with something that's beyond the ordinary, like into the spiritual realm. Yes. And boy, wouldn't it have been great if they captured that in the movie, but they didn't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, well. One thing that struck me, this is part of the part that's um, filmed, or this is, you know, you can see him telling this story. And it's interesting because at the end, you know, here it says, I don't want to feel fear, but I'm afraid mm-hmm. I feel fear. Mm-hmm. And then it says, laughing. I interpreted that a certain way, hearing mm-hmm. it a certain way. And when I heard him say that, it's very different than what I interpreted. Oh, yeah? So you really should go and, and, you know, just watch the video. 
But the other thing is, you know, how not just Bill, but we all tend to do this, you know, as we're telling our stories in a way we're making a lot of it up and after a while maybe we even believe it bill was not at his father's side when he died uh that's i was gonna say that as i was reading it i'm like wait a minute didn't he go there after he passed away so uh-huh. yeah 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 so i don't know maybe he had visited a couple weeks before maybe, but or the, maybe you know, his, his sister just told him that right 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 yeah so anyway, it's it's an interesting article. Let me see if I wanted to. Oh yeah, um, this was in promotion for his appearance uh, just this last Thursday at Fan Expo in Toronto. Oh okay. And uh, he all this is kind of nice. The ending thing is the guy says, "Why do you think Star Trek has endured?" And Bill actually gives <laughs> a really good answer. Uh-huh. I think. The charm and the fascination of Star Trek is in the stories. It's stories about human beings facing these different but really familiar challenges. It's the writing, the beauty of how the writers were able to capture the human condition. Mm-hmm. That is the fascination of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. That's I thought that was, that was good. And, yeah. uh, and you know, it, the other thing I noticed, two other things actually, every interview I've seen with Bill now in two years, other than the clips from uh, the panel at uh, CreationCon, have been from his house. You know, he yes. does them at home. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he's still at home. And he's got, you know, half the time when he's talking, you can, you know, see he's got his hands sort of like folded in front of him. Uh, wedding ring, very prominent. <laughs> uh-huh. And what I am dying for is just one, in just one of these, is for... Elizabeth to sneak across in the background <laughs> because she needs to get somewhere and she's going like, shh, I'm not here. Don't say anything. That's what I would like to see. That would be great. I would love that. Because I love the yes. one where the dog was right beside him being a pest. Yes. yes. <laughs> totally. Yes. Yes. I want that. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. So... Oh. Well, um, before we move on to the Comic-Con stuff, I almost forgot this, and you're going to have to tell me about it because I didn't watch the whole thing, but Bill narrated the daily showography of Elon Musk, visionary future man. (laughs) It is the best voiceover ever. Um, God, I'm not remembering details, but I was laughing so hard because, you know, they're showing a clips of Elon Musk and pictures uh-huh. of when he was a kid. And so then there's Bill's famous voice, you know, doing all of the Bill famous voice things, describing his life. And it's just, it's perfect. Uh-huh. I mean, the production that went into this of, you know, getting the voiceover and getting the pictures and uh-huh. clips and everything and, and getting them assembled is wonderful. And you have to see it. Is it, is it mean or, or is it just funny? It's funny and mean. Okay. Or maybe it's funny because it's mean. Or maybe it's mean because it's funny. Okay. It's not cruel. Okay. Well, I, yeah, it would be hard to be cruel to Elon Musk. Um, <laughs> but do you think, do you think that Jeff Bezos put him up to it? And, and he said, Bill, I don't like this guy. Get him. <laughs> and he just said, okay, sure. And when The Daily Show called him up, he was like, I, I will do this. And I won't even charge you a lot of money for it. You know, something like that, your idea that Bezos put him up to it, to me, is believable because 
Bill is not associated normally with the Daily Show. He is not. That's why I was so surprised to see. And when you know things. certain people come on, it's because you know they're friends of yeah. of the other people and the writers, and or they used to be on the Daily Show. You know, it's yeah. like when Colbert has Steve Carell on and everything. Yeah. Um, but I don't recall Bill doing anything like that. No, uh, and it's it's such a thing for him to do. I mean. It, the clip is, I'm looking at it here, it's like eight minutes long. So it mm-hmm. took him, I don't know, 20 minutes to, to actually do it. So <laughs> Maybe a little right? longer. Maybe a little longer. Technical so it, difficulties could have, you know, sprung it up. Was, so it was a commitment of time on his part to do something, you know, purely for amusement value mm-hmm. in, in the midst of all the other things that he's doing. And like you're saying, he doesn't have a personal reason to do it because he's not really friends with anybody there. And... It just struck me as I was looking at it, it as like because Elon and and Jeff Bezos, you know, are are fighting it out to be mm-hmm. the space guy, and I could just imagine, you know, because Bill seems pretty friendly with Jeff Bezos, him saying like, I don't, they're gonna make fun of him. Go do it, do it, do it. Mm-hmm. Bill going, okay, sure, <laughs> I'll do it for you. Yeah, it's it's interesting to me too when okay let's say the daily show had this idea so they get the writers and they're sort of sketching out mm-hmm. the idea of what they're going to do and they're going to go who could do the narration mm-hmm. and thinking and thinking and somebody says William Shatner oh of course and it's like um you a long time when we were talking about how Bill and Scott Hamilton and Brad Paisley became friends mm-hmm. and it was because they were all at some horse thing right. And then they were, uh, Scott and Brad were going to go on a camping trip or something. Well, you know, we should get a third person. Who, who would be the person to go? Bill, Bill, William Shatner. How does William Shatner jump up in these particular conversations, some of which, like with The Daily Show, that he has no or very yeah. tenuous connection to? Yeah. I I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I see... Your, your your scenario, right? They're sitting around and they're thinking, who would be great to narrate this? And of course, you would put Bill on the list because he's just recently been to Almost Space, and <laughs> he he is he is a space icon in so many yeah. ways. And they probably went, nah, we can't do it. Or maybe they called his agent, and his agent said, mm-hmm. ah, you can't afford him. But somehow it <laughs> it happened, right? Because that's normally the response mm-hmm. we get is that people cannot afford him for things unless unless he's personally interested in it. So right, yeah, that that is the thing. Why why is he interested in this? I want to know. Yeah. Well, well, anyway, yes, people should go and watch it. It's up on our Facebook page, so uh, you can go watch it there or see it on the YouTube's or whatever. But yeah. yes, and. and- let us know your comments. Do you think it's more mean than funny or do you think it's not mean at all? Or do you just enjoy it? Which is what I did. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm always in favor of being mean to Elon Musk. Cause I, I think he's a very bad person in many, many ways. Yeah, he's uh, he's a major jerk. So. He's a jerk. And I'm looking forward to him um, getting bulldozed by the Twitter lawyers. Cause that's going to be pretty fun. <laughs> Anyway. Oh, I got to tell you something I yes. heard on the, the news today. This has nothing to do with anything, but I don't want to forget it. So um, the news is on. They're talking about something Trump is doing in his lawsuit with the subpoena and everything else. And I can't re- even remember what they said. But the other commenter said, well, I don't think they're real lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're right. I, I don't think that they're lawyers who have any kind of... Um, <laughs> 
reason to be around this sort of legal dealings? No. Mm -hmm. No, they're the wrong people. Well, and several months ago when some of this stuff was just getting started, somebody posted, he would have gotten better legal advice from Legal Zoom. Oh, I think so. Yeah. Yes, I, yes, I completely yep. agree with that. So anyway, that was just a little sideline there. That's anyway. very funny. Okay. So do watch The uh, Daily Show. Yes. I was surprised at just how, how right on the mark and amusing it is. And Bill using his amazing voiceover skills, you know, not just mm -hmm. reading it and blah, 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 you know. No, just, he's acting. He's doing He's acting. acting. <laughs> he's shacting. He is shacting. So I wanted to just wrap this up by talking about um, Bill's panel at the aforementioned San Diego Comic-Con. So he was there for mainly to promote this new uh, documentary about him, of course, that's being made right now. And we've mentioned this, I think, once before. Also, he has a book coming out. Um, and <laughs> he, it was very funny. You've they, taken over the shilling part of the show. He got, he got about halfway through like 40 minutes into this hour-long panel and they were just about to go to the questions from the the audience and he's like just a minute and he pulls out a piece of paper he's like first of all let me tell you i have a book that's coming out in october and i have a con that i'm going to be at next week and he just read from this list of things that he needed to show for it was extremely amusing he was very prepared oh yes so doing like his that. job 100 percent or more all he's, the time he's giving it all yes so he was there. It was a panel that was moderated by Kevin Smith, uh, that Kevin Smith. Mm -hmm. And partly he was doing it because Bill is going to be doing a voice on a animated show that Kevin Smith is uh, directing called Masters of the Universe Revolution, which I've mm -hmm. watched, but I heard it was pretty funny. It's sort oh. of a modern take on Masters of the Universe and Bill's okay. doing a villain voice. So, And they know each other from other things. So yes. that's that. But um, the other people on the panel were from this company called Legion M, and they're the people who are making the documentary about Bill, and they're also doing a project with Kevin Smith, so it's all very incestuous in that way. So they had the one of the co-founders, they had their VP of development, they had a producer and a director, and the co-founder and president and the VP of development basically talked the whole time. The producer, who's a woman, didn't get to say squat. And the director got to say like one or two things, which I thought was not very nice. Um, also, one of the guys came out and he was wearing a um, yellow tunic and mm -hmm. it had the insignia on the wrong side. And that kind of made me wonder... What kind of, like, are you a fan of Star Trek? Do you know anything about Star Trek that you're wearing a tunic and the insignia is clearly, like, did no one tell you that it should be on the left side and not on the right side? No one mentioned it. And he sort of called attention to himself by saying, like, oh, now I guess you can see what kind of fan I am. I'm wearing this shirt. And I'm like, yeah, but it's the wrong shirt. Would have been not... a, wouldn't it have been a great bit if Bill had torn that insignia oh, off of him. It would have been fantastic. Like you're being drummed out of the yes. army. So anyway, uh, that was a weird start to it. So they talked about this uh, documentary about him, which they've been filming for a while. They're including the stuff about him going to almost space. They're going to talk about horses. And it's documentary that is meant to really show his view on life so he's going to talk about some of the things that he talked about in the book that he did on horses and then generally mm -hmm. the, the things that you were just talking about 
you know, he's got this deep realization about how fragile life is on Earth and stuff. So it's not, uh, you know, here's where he started and here's where he ends up. It's more, here's Bill at 91, let's do a portrait of him, which I think is the better way to go, honestly. Mm -hmm. You know, let, let's look at him reflecting on his life instead of just telling everybody what they already know. Right. Um, and he he made a big joke out of the turning 91 thing because Kevin Smith asked him, why are you doing this now? Like you've had 60 years to do it. Why now? And he said, <laughs> well, I'm 91. And then he sort of winced when he said it. And it was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, oh, I don't like to say it, but it's true. And uh, he, he kept playing. He beat that drum pretty hard as he was going through mm-hmm. about being 91. Um, and he just felt like this was a good opportunity to put something down, you know, in a movie. Yeah. So that was good. You know what's interesting about uh, that yes. uh-huh. is um, I consider that, you know, that he can kind of joke about it, kind of joke about, I don't know how long I'll be here. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, that sort of represents, I think, a big uh, change, maybe some growth in him, because mm-hmm. he always used to say um, when he turned 40, he stayed in bed <laughs> for a week. Yeah. Uh-huh. And whether that's an exaggeration or not, I think that turning 40 hit him hard. Yeah. Uh-huh. But he got through it, and now mm-hmm. he's on the other side of 50 years later. Yeah. And is still just as busy as he has ever been doing all these mm-hmm. interesting things. He's got a book. He's got an album. You know, just everything yeah. that he's he's doing. Um. So uh, um, there's an article that I'll link to that that summarizes the whole thing. I watched it, and you can watch it too. It's probably worth watching. Bill doesn't get to talk as much as I thought they would let him talk. The the Legion M people talk a little mm-hmm. bit more, and it's it's very interesting to see him really own the room. Hall H is huge. It holds like five thousand people. I have been there, and it's it's insane how big this place is. And they've got huge screens up in the back so everybody can see the actors. And Bill is in complete control of every single person who's in this room as far as he's the jokes that he's making and he's playing to the back and he's looking at people and he's making jokes. You know, he, he knows how to work a huge, huge room like that. Oh, and yeah. It's, it's, it's fun to see him do that. Like, he doesn't even really have to try, you know? And he's so good at it he makes everybody else who's on the stage look like real amateurs it's weird (laughs) even kevin smith who's a famous guy in his own right and he's done plenty of acting and hosted shows he in bill's presence is a little fumbly you know like Mm -hmm. he's not quite on point and and bill is super sharp and just shooting stuff back at him Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know it was it was a weird thing um anyway I will say, uh, before I get into the Legion M stuff, I was a little annoyed that Bill kept asking people to take their masks off. So, Mm. you know, the Comic-Con is huge. There are thousands and thousands of people there. And I believe the policy was you had to have a mask on inside because it was just so big. So people were coming up to the microphone to ask questions with their masks on. And it makes it hard to hear. And he really was just like, take your mask off, take your mask off. And people were explaining to him that the rules were that you couldn't take the mask off. And he's like, well, I, I'm giving you permission. I'm the captain and I'm telling you to take mm. your mask off. And, mm. you know, it's funny in that, but nobody wants to get COVID and die because you took your mask off at Comic-Con to ask William yeah. Shatner a question. Yeah. So, I, I mean, nobody on the, well, that's not true. There was one person on the panel who came up masked. And when it was his turn to talk, this was the director, who's a French guy, 
Bill said to him, hey, take your mask off. I can't hear what you're saying. Why you still have that on? I'm like, hey, Bill, not cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, not you know, cool, yeah. uh, and what are you going to do? You're on a panel and there's William Shatner right next to you saying, take your mask off. Are you really going to say like, no, <laughs> you know, right. it would be very uncomfortable to not do that. So mm-hmm. uh, I was a little, a little annoyed about that. Um, yeah. So it was fine. The questions were okay. They weren't good like the questions that we used to get at the San Diego um, to, um, Silicon Valley Comic Con where mm-hmm. people asked really interesting things. Um, he talked about the space trip and looking at Earth and looking at the blackness. Uh, and it was fine. It was all totally fine. It was as good as any panel that we've seen him in, I would say. But here's the thing. These Legion M guys, um, we talked about them a little bit before because we discovered that the company is not financed in the traditional way. It's basically crowdfunded. Mm-hmm. So they are, they've done several rounds of funding. I think they've done actually seven rounds so far where they are taking um, funding from, from normal people. And I think the minimum amount that you could buy into the company with was like a hundred bucks. And mm-hmm. they're just selling like an immense amount of shares to people for very small amounts of money. And so far, they've raised quite a bit of money. Um, I think they've gotten several million dollars and probably more than that. Are they specific about what the point of this company is or what their their goal is, what they are trying to make or produce? They're trying to produce movies, television shows, and some virtual reality stuff, and then other pieces of entertainment content. And the hook is supposed to be that you, as a shareholder, would get a return on it, even if mm-hmm. it was a very small return. Like, you put in 100 bucks. If they made a film and it made a lot of money at the box office – as a shareholder, you'd get a cut of that. Right. Right. But the problem is they've been in business for six years and they haven't really produced very much. Uh Uh-huh. Most of their budget seems to have gone to paying the people at the top who have salaries that are close to a million dollars. Mm-hmm. And people are like, well, what are you doing with the rest of the money? And they've done seven rounds of funding and they've made a couple of fairly low budget horror movies that haven't done anything. Mm -hmm. So it seems almost like they're getting more people to invest uh, so they won't ever have to pay them any profits from it. And maybe they'll just walk off with the money in the end. It's kind of like the producers. (laughs) And I was saying that to someone and they said, isn't that the plot of the producers? And (laughs) And I said, yes, that is exactly the plot of the producers. And it really feels like that. Yes, Um, it does. So I don't know what's going on. And this is why I was saying in the first half of the show, Bill really needs to vet his production people a little more carefully because Mm -hmm. I just don't know about these guys. So I I was just poking around and there was a good post on Reddit, which I will read because I I thought it was a good summary. And this was posted a year ago, but still very relevant. Um, They have, this person says, Legion M has bought themselves another year of high salaries from over the $1.5 million they raised in their seventh round. Um, it's interesting that from August to March, they had less than 800K raised, and last month they doubled it. Some of that came from investors that are spending their recent COVID relief money. Again, this is a year ago. Um, mm-hmm. 
this person says, however, I think a lot of the credit to the survival of this multi-level marketing scheme is due to the sheer amount of ads that they purchase, especially in the last month. So they have purchased ads on Facebook and in other places, and they've had one film that grossed uh, here, it says about 136K worldwide. And they've also paid for print and ads for films that bombed. They have yet to sell a studio on any of the TV or film projects that they've advertised over the years. They spend the vast majority of their budget on salaries and marketing used to lure more investors to keep them afloat. Mm. Um, they have seven fundraisers. Their only source of income right now is from licensing merchandise. Um, so they just sell a lot of crap, like T-shirts and mm -hmm. you know, tchotchkes to go with these films that they're producing. Um, they lose two to three million dollars a year, but they still manage to attract people like Kevin Smith and Simon Pegg, who is attached for something. And now they've got Bill. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with them. And I really, really hope that they don't just go out of business and that this documentary ends up not getting made because right. that could happen. They could just have all this film and sit on it. And it will never, ever go anywhere. And, mm -hmm. you know, we wouldn't get to see it, which would be a real shame. Yeah. So I have sort of lowered my expectations. I realized that the uh, Comic-Con panel was a big push for this documentary. Interestingly, they're not doing another fundraising round now. So if you saw that panel and you heard them talk about it's going to be fan owned and everybody gets a piece of it. You can't do anything about it right now. So yeah. I think that's a fail on the marketing side. You know, if you're going to do mm -hmm. an event like that to say to people, you can own part of this and not have a way for them to own part of it, you've blown that whole thing. Right, right. Yeah. So I don't know, man. It just seems Richie really Richie Medway's would have been a major reason to have this panel. Exactly. <laughs> so what was the purpose of the panel, right? They yeah. didn't get new investors. They got some free advertising out of it by having, you know, 5,000 people come to see Bill and have him talk nicely about them. But what is going to happen to it? I have no idea. Wow. Okay, now let me ask you. Mm -hmm. um, there was a lot of press after Comic-Con. And um, a lot of it was about... I thought Bill being on a panel that um, Anson Mount and some other people crashed. Is this oh, a different it, panel or a different it, it, con? So it's the same con, but it's a different panel. And I'm okay. not sure about that. I don't know what happened. They did have a Strange New Worlds panel. And I know that some of the people from um, Lower Decks crashed that panel. Which okay, was maybe that's what it was. Uh, it was appropriate given the crossover thing that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that Bill did much else. I don't think he was doing his standard... Uh, autograph signing and all the rest oh, of it. Okay, I think he okay. was just doing that and maybe one or two other things and then he was taken off again. It was not a weekend for everything. But he did do this. So, mm -hmm. you know, we'll, we'll keep some tabs on this and see what's happening. But I just don't feel great about it. And I wish, I wish, I wish that if somebody was going to do a documentary about him, it would be someone who, you know, like obviously Martin Scorsese isn't going to do it, but you know, yeah. you'd want somebody who really is a, a filmmaker who can do a, a portrait and really mm -hmm. get in terms. Like, I, I keep thinking about the way 
the Has Been album happened and how Ben Folds was like the one guy who really understood what Bill was about and was able to collaborate with him to come up with these amazing songs that really Mm -hmm. showed stuff about him. And I don't feel like that's happened since. There must be a filmmaker who could do the same sort of thing, who could really do a portrait of him that draws out the things he wants to say about himself, but also maybe mm-hmm. the things that he doesn't really want to say, but that you could capture in a, in a really well done portrait. That's mm-hmm. what I want. Yeah. I would want that too. Yeah. So I, I just don't think this is going to be it, unfortunately. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> but anyway, it was nice to see him on a panel and I encourage people to go watch it. You can, you know, you don't have to watch it. You can just listen to it. There's nothing visual that's going on. Um, Bill looked pretty good. I like his new hair. He he looks the same. He doesn't look like he's lost weight or gained weight. And he seemed mm-hmm. pretty spry the way he got up there on the stage. And I did really appreciate him pulling out a piece of paper to read all his shilling stuff off of. Yeah, because usually he's, you know, got it down pat. He knows what he's going to do. So well, he had a lot of stuff to talk about. So he yes, wanted to make indeed. sure he got it all yes, in indeed. there. So. Yeah. And I did laugh out loud when he did that. I was just like, there there he goes. Look at him. Look at him shilling away. And at the top it says, shilling list. (laughs) Oh, so good. Anyway, I think that's all we had on our list of things to talk about. Uh, Did we miss anything? I don't think so. Um, Just so excited to have uh, Lower Decks coming back on in just Yay. a few days. Yes. We'll be looking forward to that. And yep. I was just thinking today, this is so amazing. You know, we're always saying Bill is everywhere, but it seems like in the past year or so, he's more everywhere than before. <laughs> he's discovered a new level of everywhere. He really is. He's just doing so much, so much press. So much everything all the time. And mm-hmm. he, he shows absolutely no signs of slowing down. So I would not be surprised if he lives another 100 years, honestly, the way he's going. That's what it feels like. That would be great. He's he's <laughs> like this vital force of energy. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe we should uh, change to Shatner energy instead of coal and nuclear and all these controversial <laughs> things. You know, just uh, siphon off a little bit every day. Yes, that would be great. I, I believe he could power a whole power plant if, if he wanted to. Just not even moving, just like yeah. energy <laughs> radiating off of it. That's what I think. I, I think about whenever we're talking about, you know, how energetic he is and everything. And uh, Leonard Nimoy said something about, you know, in the script, it never said, Captain Kirk walks energetically down the hall. <laughs> Bill walks energetically. Uh-huh. You know, everything he does has this energy to it. You know, there's no such thing as lackadaisical or anything mm-hmm. like that. I think yeah. about that. No, what it's he, what he brings to his work and everything. It's so true. It people. I mean, I watched I watch Star Trek almost every night now just because I enjoy mm-hmm. it. And, and sure. I've seen these episodes so many times, and yet I'm always finding new things. And now a lot of the time I'm watching for exactly that when there'll be a scene where the turbo lift doors open and he runs out 
Like, mm-hmm. there's no reason for him to be running out of the turbo lift. But he, I'm just imagining, like, Bill, he's behind the closed doors and he's sort of in a, a sprinter's stance and he's waiting for those <laughs> doors to open up. And he's like, bam! And then he's right out the door into the action yeah. of whatever that scene happens to be. It's just great to see how often he does something unnecessarily energetically. It's wonderful. Well, um, it's an it's an acting thing, you know, they, that you learn or you are coached in is whenever you enter, you're supposed to know where you are coming from. Mm-hmm. And the place you're coming from is not backstage, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> and what is your reason for going into this room? What do you want? And I think mm-hmm. Bill is like the living embodiment of that principle. Absolutely. Uh, he, uh, if you ask him, I bet he could tell you. Where, mm-hmm. where was your character and why did he come here and why did he come here now? Yep. Because and that's how you build a reality. Absolutely. And and I mean, he, the first thing is he's the goddamn captain, right? <laughs> well, so yes. He's got, he's got to be there. He's got to be on. He's got to find out what's going on. He has to be the first to do anything. And so that's why he has to run out of the turbo lift. Yes. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, let us wrap this up. Thank you, listeners, for joining us for another uh, adventure in Star Trek. We'll be back soon to talk about Lower Decks and how exciting that's going to be. So uh, let us know if you've heard anything about the 3D modeling and if you have thoughts on Bill's appearance at Comic-Con or any of the Trek stuff that's coming up, because we, of course, would love to hear from you. Have any of you invested $100 in Legion M? Yeah. Tell us about that. We love be incredible that would be great we would love to hear more about it and see see where this weird thing is going so until next time everybody stay safe keep watching star trek and as we always say live long and potluck potluck potluck